is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Blowing out of the backfield, exploding down the sideline. This is Hanging with the Boys, presented by Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Now, your hosts. Nate Newton, Kurt Daniels, Jesse Holly, and Shannon Gross. Welcome to the show. It is 11.30 on Thursday, and that can Let's mean only go. one thing. It is time for your favorite program, Hanging with the Boys. <laughs> it is 60 degrees outside and cloudy. It feels like 58. It's a high of 67, low of 57 tonight, and no one in this room can hear anything. But as long as these people, can, can the people hear us out here? Because we can there hear There we go. You. I got it now. Yeah, I got some. can hear us, man. We, we good, man. We're Let's good. rock and roll. We got, we got boy, it Boy, Shannon, you dressed like a $5 bill, boy. Sharp and inflate. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. And even Kurt got on a nice shirt. I'm the only one in here with the cowboy, with cowboy makeup. Yeah, you're representing. Jesse, are you with us? <laughs> I'm here. There you go, Jesse, man. All right. What do you got on the shirt today, fellas? I can't see this for Yeah, what you got on today, Jesse? What you got on your shirt today, brother Jess? It says, at, at, from C.D. Lamb. Well, we can't hear Jesse. As we get near. So we'll tell you what we do. We'll take Jesse off and the rest of us will talk. You can't hear Jesse? I can't hear Jesse. I can hear him now. His shirt says, at, at, C.D. Lamb. Okay, at, C.D. Lamb. All right, at, C.D. Lamb. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, as well. we get closer, as we're getting closer to the draft, you know, it reminds me of what happened last year in the draft when CD hello, hello. got drafted by the Cowboys and the cameras hello, panned hello. to him, hello. and that second cell phone rang. Oh uh, yeah, and his he, girlfriend picked it up and he snatched it. He said, "Ah, ah yeah, don't you do that <laughs> with the quickness, with the quickness." There's a T-shirt of that. <laughs> did you get that made, Jesse? I did. Yeah, I did. I had to get this made. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. <laughs> ah, ah, I love it. I love it. Do you have like a t-shirt guy? Because you have a lot of like homemade t-shirts, right? I have a t-shirt gal. Gal. Okay. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We need some hanging with the boys t-shirts. Yeah. Come. Let's let's work on that. I'll pay for one. I'll support the cause. I'll support local owned business. Yeah, just tell us what, what, what do we, what do we want to get, man? We can get it. We can get it done up. I don't know. We need to get with Chris and work on that. We'll figure that out. We'll get we'll get a mate. I, I, I love Chris, man. He always takes care of me, man. I mean, look how Chris just bounced in. We had some technical me. difficulties, yeah. and Chris ran in here. Yes, we have. Hey, got Nate hooked up. Got the fat man hooked up. Got the, the big man. I'm I'm not going. I'm not going to call you the, the F word. Fat, the fat man. Well, you know what? It's one word. Like if, you said it in one word. Let me like tell you, two if words. fat man going to get me, then me and Deion Sanders will never be friends. No. He introduced, I introduced, hey, I'm, I'm Nate Noon and you Deion Sanders. He's like, no, nah, you fat man. I say, you rat man, okay? P- so, P-H-A-T, though, right? He's rat man? Right. Yeah, rat man. He looks hey, like uh-huh. You don't look like uh, Mickey Mouse to you. Hey Chris, <laughs> let's get a let's get a look at the plaza. You got that plaza look since we missed it at the first of the show because it's nice and nice and homey looking. Wow, there who you is go. that on that? That's who is a that live, good looking guy? Live look at Tostitos Championship Plaza wow. at the Star here in Frisco. A little sign work out there. Little sign work going on. Not yeah. a lot. Of, not a lot of action. Is it raining no. out there? Just it's just a little cloudy. cool out there, bro. Yeah. Cool. It's a little cool out there. They're cool. Right. Chris, can you mute yours, Chris? I got a hey, echo. 
Man, we got all kind of stuff going hey, on. Hey, man, I tell Thank you what, man. If Jesse come back in the office, we can we can all get together on one one accord. Like, will you ever hey, be back, brother? As soon as somebody invites me, no, no, no one's Jesse. No one is invited. Well, the show is on every Thursday at eleven thirty. Please Jesse. come in. Please, please come in, Jesse. Next Thursday, April the twenty second at eleven thirty. Be here about eleven fifteen. Because we know how you like I'll to. See if, I'll see if that works out for my See if it works. It would be good to get the game <laughs> yeah, back together. You know would. what? If you come out here next week, let's all go grab lunch after the show. Can do that. We haven't yeah. we haven't broken bread in a long time. That would be nice since we can't see. You just you just messed oh. the whole deal up, Shannon. I what mean, I do? What I do, Nate? <laughs> we haven't broken bread in. Broke. Break bread, man. Just say break bread. We have a broken bread. Dude, I'm trying to overcompensate my my country hick accent well, with proper proper grammar. Okay. So let me you, you made my brain scramble extra to get that in. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that to me, all right? Oh man. I tell you what, let's jump into the off season program. Yes. Because we what off season? Jesse sent us a, a, a tweet yeah, from uh, I guess it was Ian Rappaport about the the memo that came out from the yeah. league. What are they doing different? Is anything different this year than what they've done previously with off season stuff? Yes, big time. What is not, it? Not with the pandemic uh, yeah, year, no, but no, before the pandemic, yeah. it is big time. What yeah, is it? It's like well, the first month of is virtual. So they're going to continue with some of the virtual stuff. After that, in June, it's supposed to kind of go back to normal with OTAs, mini camp, and then a break before training camp. But that the big issue, I think, is not really what's changing. It's the reaction to what's changing. Yes, yes. The reaction. The reaction. You know what? What year did Coach Johnson come in? 1989? Yeah. Uh, 90? 89. And just think, Coach Johnson came in in 89, 90. And by 90... Two, this program that they're taking away is who he, what he instituted for the whole league. So Coach he started. He started yes, that. Yes, sir. He started the official off-season training, and he said it was voluntary. And uh, it was never voluntary, <laughs> as Troy Hambrick once yeah. said. What do voluntary mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 Look how long he lasted. Yeah. So <laughs> it's amazing how uh, one guy come in with a concept. And how the whole league jumped on it and took advantage of it, because this is how we used to do it before Coach Johnson came in. Jesse, you're being quiet. What I know you got a take on this. Yeah, well, I mean, the biggest thing with, with this is is as fans, right? As media people, we're always looking for some sort of coverage. We're always looking for some sort of story, and we don't get that when people are doing things. And an abnormal way, Zoom call away from the facility, because we've been so conditioned. I, I am on the same boat with, with 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 Nate. Is this is how I've always been programmed that it would run? It would always run mini camps, OTAs, and I never had the luxury to be able to like, well, I'm not showing up to office the workouts for whatever reason. No, I had to be there for a multitude of reasons. One, I was trying to make the team. Two, I need a little bit of money that they give you when you come to those offices and work out. $250 uh, a week. And, and is that what it is? I'll take it. it I, needed, I needed all when of it. started it. with I need, us was $250 I needed a week. Yeah, I needed it. It's a little bit more for me, but I needed all of it. I needed all that money that they was going to try to give me for those offseason workouts. Uh, and three, to get back in shape. And, and things have transitioned and they have changed uh, over time. You have so many more. Like, when think about when Nate played, right? When Nate played, there wasn't, you know, personal trainers like that and, and workout facilities and all the different programs. And as the years went on, you have guys now who 
If you don't have a personal trainer, if you don't have a trainer that you work with one on one, whether that be weight training or position specific training, then you're 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 basically a dinosaur because everybody has that. All these guys have somewhere where they go and get that training done on a personal level, one on one level or small group level. And so the days of having to come in and wanting to do workouts in the facility are kind of non-existent because of those factors, uh, because of guys having off-season homes and being in other cities. They, they can take their trainer with them whenever they go. They can go to Cabo or Ada and have a guy come out there and be with them for weeks. They can go to Miami or California. So that part has changed. But the thing for us is we, we, we get our stories and we get our juice and we get all our stuff from people actually having to be in the building. We get to see guys, see their development. What are they doing? Get little hints and clues about what's happening. But most importantly, when you see how this team played last year and you're saying, wait, we had communication issues. We had fundamental issues. We had alignment assignment issues. We had uh, personnel issues. I, I want And Nate's been on this for at least three or four months. I want the guys in the building so I can get my hands on them, so I can work with them, whether that's in a walkthrough setting, a jog through setting, a meeting setting, whatever type of setting. But I want to get away. I want to get away from this Zoom because it is so difficult. And this might be the one thing I'll say negative against my guy, Freaky Mike, Uh, uh, for all the stuff that Freaky Mike said in the beginning and his his whole you know, uh, documentary that he did about changing in technology. I find it hard to believe that he's figured out a way to do coaching football virtually. He just doesn't come from that school. He doesn't come from that, that world where coaching football players and football schemes and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't come from a place where you do that virtually. He come from a place where you do that physically on the field, hands on the guys, moving them, seeing them move. This whole virtual thing, he's not in that Sean McVay mode of coaching where technology is something that is in the forefront of their mind. He's from the old school and he's won that way and his foundation is that way where you go and you get on the field doing it. And I think when every moment that you take him off of the field and make him have to do things virtually, I think more and more and more that is going to hurt this football team. And not only this team, but other coaches in the league who who have to you know, who have to coach that way. You know what's amazing is? You know what's amazing is? Uh, uh, we can hear ourselves, bro. Yeah, there's some background yeah, so kickback. I ain't good at this. I'm going to keep – I'm trying to talk over my fat self. But anyway, <laughs> you cannot have a team play as bad as we did last year and not want your hands on them. Uh, our players – oh, I don't want to say this in the wrong way. Over the last three or four years, our defensive players have not shown to be able to adjust to game situations Mm -hmm. because the coaches say we want them to play fast. And what it says in a kind of ugly way is that our guys, when we make small adjustments to different formations and different movements, they ain't smart enough to catch on. And I'm not saying every guy is like that, but for your whole team to have to back up two and three steps – even eight, nine weeks into the season, that does not bode well. And as Coach McCarthy said during his little quick press conferences, I'm still trying to get the guys in here that I like and that I want, and that is up here as well as physically being smart. And I hate to say that about our players, 
And but but that that's obvious by the last coaching staff that we had, and they played basically one or two fronts, two or three coverages, and they played fast, but they wasn't good physically. Okay, and we took these basically the same group of guys and tried to play fast again with multiple fronts, and it didn't work. So <clears throat> I, I would like for the guys to be here, especially guys that are on the bubble. Don't y'all fall for this. Yeah. Y'all make sure y'all over there working out. Mm-hmm. Y'all make sure y'all come in here. What do you think, I guess, um, the, what's behind this, I guess? I mean, they, in some ways I feel like they're using COVID as an excuse to either um, – well, I guess to not work out. And is it a fact that, you know, negatively, is it something where the players just aren't, don't care if they don't learn it soon enough? Or is it more like the, a long-term thing where the union's like trying to negotiate, saying if you want us there, you're going to have to give us more money. They're not going to give more money. The, the, the owners are not going to give more money. Because what, what, they, what they have done is they conceded, they conceded things that was voluntary anyway and that players were basically doing for free anyway. Okay, we don't need you. We need you doing the mini camp. We need you doing OTAs. And as we talked off air, Kurt, who this is going to hurt is them bubble guys, the studs and the stars. Like Jess talked about a few weeks ago or last week, they're going to get their money. Yeah, they get the bonuses yeah, yeah. to work out. They're going to get out. their money, yeah. So, uh, they, they you know, it ain't mandatory that they don't come in. Just you know, so they're gonna come in and do their thing. If and it's gonna be their... those bubble guys, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. that a coach looking at like, wow, you know, hmm, this rookie seemed to be just the same guy because you ain't getting to look at him a long period of time. I was an overweight guy and I, I needed to be here. I had to be here. You know, I was one of the first guys, believe it or not, to have a trainer to help me lose weight, to get help me stay in control. But when I wasn't here, wasn't wasn't there in Florida, I was here. You have to be somewhere that's structured. A lot of these guys we see after their careers, they be like, wow, that's you. You know, you look at the player like, wow, man, you play DB, you look like me. They, they go one way or the other. Yeah, yes. They either blow <laughs> yeah. up or they <laughs> get slim down. Yeah. yeah, so. Well, then why, I guess the, um, I mean, uh, Nick Eman reported on the website that almost 20 Dallas players have bonuses built into being here in the offseason working out. So if you've got – and those are the top guys, obviously. Yes. So if you've got your top guys making money if they're here and mm-hmm. you've got your bottom guys needing to be here if they want a job, why are players not – why are they talking about not working out because and not coming to the virtual thing? That's the nature of the beast of America. You know, you, you think you get it. Oh, oh man, if I don't have to be there and I'll do this. And, you know, I, I can work out on my own. And some guys are just driven like that. Jesse was driven like that. I wasn't driven like that. So guys like me, you need to be weary. Uh, 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 your posse or your, or your wife or whoever you hang out with say, hey, man, we ain't got no off-season money. You need to get up in there and get, get us some money because a lot of guys, I'm telling you, coaches are funny. When they see guys, they trust guys. When they don't see guys and that scale go wrong, or you're not moving as well when you get back, they're like, "What? What have you been doing?" So now they got they mind got to go another place. You know, coaches work much like players. They got set things how they want things to do, and like uh, Jesse said, that was new. That was it was new for everybody, but that was new for Coach McCarthy coming from off the streets mm-hmm. into virtual. What are they? What are they allowed to do now? Can they work out now? They can come in together. Yeah, I mean, they, they call yeah. them captains' workouts, yeah. where it's 
player run more or less. You know, um, just can't have coaches. Zach or... Martin's running the offensive yeah. line, and the strength guys I think can be on hand, um, but none of the on field, you know, football yeah. staff can be there. Well, so. I, I bumped into a coach yesterday uh, in the hall, and I kind of floated what Nate, you, and Jesse yeah. have said how how much they missed being together last right. year and, and having off-season workouts, and, and they agreed 100%. Really? They were like, yeah. I said, because you I said you, you saw the defense starting to pick it up toward the end of the year because, in my opinion, they were starting to figure it out. You know, things started clicking, and he was like, yeah, like we definitely missed yeah. not being together last year, and this year you're going to see a huge difference because – they're going to be able to spend that time together. But it sounds like some of these teams, Kurt, you, you put on here, Seattle, Denver, Tampa Bay, Detroit, New England have all said that they're not going to take part in voluntary at least, workouts. At least some of their players have said they're not going to yeah, take part. Yeah, all that's good and well, man. But I'm telling you, coaches have a funny way on that. It's like from players 25 on down, the coaches control totally. Players 25 and up, you kind of got management mm-hmm. sticking their hands on you because of the money, because mm-hmm. of who they are. Mm-hmm. But that 25, 27, and 30 player on down, coach is looking at you. Jesse, you, you better not be one of those guys. Yeah, Jesse, how much did these off-season workouts help you in terms of getting a, a job? I didn't hear that last part, Kurt. Say it again. As far as, you know, how much did these off-season workouts help you in, in getting a job and getting noticed? Oh, 100%. Um, because when Coach Wade or Coach Garrett or Coach Sherman look out their office window, who'd they see? The dreadhead kid out there <laughs> running sprints, out there running routes, um, the weight room. Because all these coaches, and, and you guys know, you guys walk through the weight room, and you'll see a coach on the Stairmaster. You'll see a coach getting a lift in. You'll see a coach in the sauna. You'll see a coach in the hot tub or the cold tub or the training room. A lot of times they're doing that, but to Nate's point, they're walking around and seeing, okay, who is serious about football? And coaches always want to know. You hear in the in the interview process now when it comes to um, the combine and the draft and all that kind of stuff, they want football players who are serious about football. Now, those upper echelon dudes, yes, they want them serious about football as well, but because there's so much money into those guys, you got to just deal with those guys and hope that you got you found good guys. But like Nate was saying, from 28, 29, 30 down, I need to know that these guys are here and are serious about football because that rounds about my roster. Those are guys who complete my football team. Those are the glue pieces uh, on my roster that keeps things together. And if I can get a majority, you're not going to get everybody, but if I can get majority of the guys who I know that are buying into the system, who are buying into the workouts, who are doing what we're supposed to do. Now I've, I'm, I'm ahead of curve. And if I can get majority of the guys to buy in from that lower tier and some of the guys to buy in from that upper tier, I got a decent football team. And now what ends up happening is those guys who aren't bought in, those guys who aren't, who really aren't a part of the team, they now begin to th- stick out like a sore thumb. And they're easy to identify. Now, when you identify and what do you do with them? Do you just deal with them? Do you trade them? Do you cut them? Do you replace them? Whatever that may be. But you, you're able to identify. For a guy like me, it helped me tremendously because I came in, I was in the best shape. Coaches saw me there. If I had questions, I would go into the coach's office and ask questions. 
And that's like, you know, they tell you in school, hey, you want to get brownie points with your professor? Go to his, uh, you know, his, his uh, office hours. Go to her office hours and ask questions and, be, and, and, and let them know that you're engaged in their class. When they're doing their grades and your grade might be a 75, you might just get that 78 or that 80. Are you trying to move up two or three points? And it's the same thing for football. It's not brown nosing. It's really taking you know, a, a, a serious concern about your craft and about a job. You ain't snitching nobody out, but you showing them every single day that I am committed to this team. I am committed to work. I am committed to getting better. And that helps you find your way on a roster when, you know, when, when it comes time to, to, to build out that 53. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we have a fan question. Find out who it's from and what nice. it is. And we'll also later on in the show, Roll on over to Amen Corner, otherwise known as Kurt's Corner. And we come back on Hanging with the Boys. Just like all of you, we at SeatGeek can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for Hanging with the Boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. 1996, a great year and a glorious decade. Dolly the Sheep was cloaked. Dial-up was awesome. Influencers didn't exist. Pants were baggy. And the Dallas Cowboys won it all yet again. Sadly, we can't go back to the 90s, but we can still watch the Cowboys try to win it all once more. Whether you're traveling to the games or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Petty Jean Meats has been providing high-quality meat for families for more than 90 years. Using only the best cuts of meat and quality ingredients, Petty Jean Meats still smokes their meats the old-fashioned way over real hickory chips for 18 hours. Fill your pantry with Petty Jean Meats ham, sausage, bacon, and more. Or send your loved ones a gift box full of their favorite items from PJMeats.com. That's PJMeats.com. Petty Jean Meats. Taste the difference. Back to Hanging with the Boys. I got some great news, fellas. Yeah? You want to hear it, Kurt? Tell us. Yes. <laughs> Join us. Did you hear what I said? Join us yes. live Uh oh. and in Let's person. Go. Let's At the go. official 2021 Dallas Cowboys draft party Ooh. presented by Miller Lite on Thursday, April the 29th on Tostitos Championship Plaza at the Star of Frisco. You can enjoy live draft coverage, performances by the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, live music, and so much more. Admission and parking are free. For details, visit DallasCowboys.com slash draft day. We're going to do it live. Let's go, man. We get to be around people again. We get to have fans out here at the Star. Let's go. It'll be fun. That'll be, be fun. I'm excited. 
Dude, it's it's gonna be the draft show is gonna be live out here. They're gonna have it on the Plaza Big Board. Yeah. It's gonna be really cool. And while we're talking about the draft, enter the free to play draft pick challenge presented by DraftKings for a chance to win two 2021 season tickets. Submit your picks before the draft starts on April 29th. You must be 21 years of age or older to play to see the official rules and enter now. Go to DallasCowboys.com/slash/draftpickchallenge. You get to. Predict the draft, and if you get it right, then you win mm. season tickets. Wow. There you go. That's pretty nice. Is Jerry shooting the draft from the yacht, or is he going to be in the building? <laughs> you know, I would – I don't know. That's a great question, but I, I think they're I think they're loosening up some yeah. of the COVID protocols, so I think they're allowed to be in the building this year. So I don't know at what capacity or anything, but – I'm guessing he'll uh, be, be on hand. I would imagine. Well, if I could do a draft from a yacht, I might – I would I'd just choose that. I would, but you know what? He can do anything he wants from that <laughs> yacht. True. I'm sure he can take a break and come here for the draft. So, mm-hmm. All right, can, we, can we ask Chris Beam a question? Was, was Chris yeah. Beam was Chris Beam a part of that team that had to set up all of the internet telephone type stuff from the yacht to whatever networks it was shooting at? Chris Beam, were you were you a part of that? Pr- that process? would be a negative. <laughs> You didn't, you didn't get you that didn't, call? <laughs> you didn't get the trip get to the Bahamas or wherever. Sorry, I wish I did, but no. Oh man. You, I thought you uh, were I thought oh, you were man. I thought you were had more pull than that, Chris. They probably sent Jay. I thought you were gonna I'm be able to give us some insight on, on what all it took <laughs> to name. get that to get Dude, all that, that production. I tell you what, that would have been fun to go to go be on the yacht, but can you imagine the stress of being the guy? Yeah, the, keeping the that connected. IT guy to keep <laughs> that connected <laughs> and being on call twenty four seven. Yeah, oh my goodness. I, I, There's some jobs you just don't want. I don't right? think you want like, that. Man, that would be yeah. great. I, I don't, don't want that. No, eyes that he be looking you at you at least five. <laughs> Dude, even if you were on that yacht in the Bahamas or Italy or wherever it was at, like I, the stress from that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That would age you five years. I, I'm I'm out. Probably yeah, you had a little bit of a draft moment that <laughs> probably aged you a little bit a couple years ago, didn't you? Uh, when we tweeted out the phone number to the to the <laughs> yeah. draft war room yeah. phone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it happened so fast, and we corrected it so quick. Yeah. It really wasn't that big of a deal. But yeah, it could have. It could have been really bad. It could have been really, really bad. Thank goodness we have a great IT staff that fixed the problem, changed yeah. the number, got the number, new number to the league all in time before our draft pick. If it would have happened closer to when we were picking, it would have been really bad. But, yeah, it, it, it wound up not being quite that that's bad. Fun. So, yeah, that's good times. Good times. I blame James Smith, our photographer, you know for sending so us funny, that man. picture. It you wasn't our fault. So you know what's so funny? What? The million dollar blunder that wasn't. <laughs> That's what that was. That would oh, have been dude. a million, million, <laughs> that millions, billions of dollars. Might have been a career in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard though that it happened it happened soon enough. So for those of you that don't know, I guess it was what, three years ago, Kurt? Yeah. Probably, probably three years ago. Right. We we have a photographer in the war room and we always put out pictures of how it's set up and you know, everybody that's in there and, and James, our team photographer, does a really great job of making sure things don't go out that aren't supposed to, that mm-hmm. he doesn't get shots of the video board. Well, the last thing we're thinking is the phone number on the digital phone shows up. Yeah. And some, of course, that our fans, you know, sleuthing yeah. everything, zoom in on the phone, and you could read, you could vaguely read the number <laughs> to the war room. Yeah. And we tweeted it out in a little group of four, four pictures of the war room, and that was one of them. 
And the phone starts ringing. Yeah, random guy calls. Random guy calls. <laughs> and then the phone starts ringing again, and then it rings again. And they said, I wasn't in there, but I heard that, like, Stephen actually, they kind of started laughing about yeah, it. And they, Stephen picked the phone up and was like, you know, Papa John's Pizza, you know, <laughs> yeah. Dallas Police Department, like, yeah, making kind of jokes, which, thank goodness we have a ownership yeah, group that, well. that understands we're going to make mistakes on social media and supports us and tells us to keep going but that yeah that could have been re- <laughs> really really bad so but it wasn't so thank goodness it's all fun then. all fun and games all right let's move on bradley carter he's t- he tweeted us right kurt yeah mm-hmm. he tweeted us and what do you want to know kurt well he just had some questions about the 17 game schedule that he wanted to throw at us um First one, there's three, I guess, here. First one was, are, will they bring in a second bye week? The second one is, will they expand the roster and practice squad to make up for this extra game? And the last one is, do you think we're going to see more players like being pulled from games early to save them? Like, would it, would, If the Cowboys are blowing out somebody, would Dak Prescott sit out the fourth quarter? It wouldn't hurt nothing. I mean, if they blow, if they blowing them out, and we and we have the right team out there now, it, it, you know, giving a guy a break or rest that that that, that never hurts. That, that 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 never hurts. It's just like if you're good enough to be ahead in your division, and you resting the guy, well, it ain't no difference in resting the guy at the end of the year. You know, uh, what you think, Jess? You may have a different opinion as a receiver, skilled guy. No, I, I always think about numbers. Guys want their numbers. And if I'm blowing a team out, I'm not thinking about coming off the field in a regular season game. I'm thinking about let's keep padding my stats because, you know, oddly enough, a 17-game season, you know what we're going to have this year? We're going to have a lot of records broken. We're going to have a lot of catches records broken, touchdown records broken, rushing records broken, receiving records broken. Mm-hmm. Someone will probably pass for 6,000 yards this year when you add a whole other game, maybe at least 5,500 yards. So, you know, when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about I want to be the first person to say, you know, hey, I passed for 5,500 yards. I passed for 6,000 yards. I passed for 50 plus touchdowns. Oh, I had 100 and whatever catches. Or I had 2,000 plus, you know, I beat Eric Dickerson's, you know, rushing record for the season. Because now all that now is, is and you know, people may say, well, the record doesn't stand because they did it in 16, you did it in 17, whatever. I, I want that. And at the end of the day, do I have some incentives that need to be met, right? At the, end, at the end of the year, does my contract, we talked about off-season workouts, what about my postseason contract? Does it say that if I make the playoffs, I get a bonus? Well, does it say that, that you know, if I pass for 40 touchdowns, I get a bonus, you know, or if I catch 10 touchdowns, or if I rush for 1,500 yards, or whatever it may be, no, don't take me off the field. Let me go out there and get my numbers because at the end of the year, when we get to week 17, if we're have if we have a substantial lead on a division and we're up a few games, you're probably going to sit me anyway then, and I would hate to be, you know, 70 yards away from it, 80 yards away from it, two touchdowns away from it, whatever it may be, and I have to sit the last game of the year. Nope, I'm taking everything right now up front. So I think a lot of guys going and they do and we'll continue to think that way. Well, Ivan's lineman don't have a choice. If you're a, a starting five or six guy, you, you know, coaches don't trust. You know, oh. that's that's the they'll put a receiver in for the change offense lineman. They they just do not want those sacks. They do not want that hit. So on the quarterback, whether it's a starter or a backup, so offense lineman, we play through the whole game, yeah. the well, whole season anyway, the majority of the time. 
Will they need to expand the roster, you think? Because it's just going to be more wear and tear on the guys? Now, they took away a preseason game, and you see right here the, the union is making it where the owners ain't going to be giving up too much of nothing. You know, but they trying to take uh, the, the union, okay, you trying to take away this, okay, we're we going to keep the rest. The, the NFL going to try to keep the rest. Now, I don't know how strong our union think they are, but they, they may push right to the, to the owners stop pushing back. What do you think about a second bye week? You think eventually they'll institute a second bye week? Let them check the revenue. If the revenue say second by week, they'll do it. And there's no <laughs> what, what do y'all guys think about do you think an eighteen game season is is imminent? Because now you you're gonna have every year you're gonna have either one extra home game or one extra away game. They've gotta at some point even that out, right? Where you have equal amount yeah. home games. I don't think they can though till the next CBA comes up. It's the seventeen game one was I think negotiated into the last contract where the NFL had that opportunity. I don't think that right now, I mean, I guess they could go in earlier and figure something out, but I don't think they have the ability to just say, okay, now we're doing 18. They, they'll have to go back in and negotiate it on the next deal. So it may be, we may be with this for, and that deal was 10 years, so we may be at 17 for didn't a while. I, didn't I read something a week or two ago that said they're going to start having a mandatory game outside of the U.S. Every team has to play one. Did I read that or did, yeah. I, did I dream that up? No, there's something. I don't know the exact rules of it, but every team is supposed to play um, overseas or I guess it could be in Mexico or something. Maybe that's part of what yeah. this is. Everybody has a game out of the country and then yeah. you still have equal amount home and away games. Although one of them, that game would have to be home and away for somebody, but the revenue, yeah. you know, the revenue as far as home versus away would still match up. So. Yeah, I think that's a, a team like the What's Cowboys. Revenue. Revenue. Yeah, revenue. Revenue, revenue drives everything. You know, a team like yeah. the Cowboy makes Cowboys make so much money off their home revenue that, that you know, they're, they're hesitant to go overseas like that. Right. But this this probably gives our friend Jamie and others in, in uh, England a better chance to maybe see the Cowboys. England or, or I've, I've heard Great what, Britain, Brazil, or, yeah. Germany. Mexico would probably be definitely... Mexico would be a huge game for us. That's probably where we would go, if I had to guess. Us and the Raiders in Mexico, that would Ooh, be huge. That'd be a big game. That'd yeah. be huge. Although I'd, I'd prefer to play the Raiders in Vegas. Well, you would, yeah. Yeah, I, would. <laughs> I sure would. All right. This is every eight years, by the way, Shannon. Every eight years, every, I team, know. Yeah, I'm, every team has to play an international game. Every eight years? Home game. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. And I believe I also work for the Super Bowl. If you want to host the Super Bowl, you have, you have to have to give up you have to give up a home game to an international game if you want to host the Super Bowl now. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well thank you very much, Bradley Carter, for tweeting that to us. Uh I think that was yesterday. So All right. Where should we go with this? Let's go here, Kurt. This mm-hmm. is a great question that Kurt posed in his pregame, I mean his pre show mm-hmm. notes. What if we talked about if Kyle Pitts was there at 10, and I think we all agreed that you got to take that guy if he's there at 10, right? I think we were all unanimous with that. What are you backing up? You backing up? Kurt, you never mumbled like that. You backing up on that? I, did, I, don't, I never said I would definitely draft Pitts. Oh, okay. but right. Go ahead. You we'll, would? We'll go. I, I, you know, I got to draft for need some, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, I thought we were unanimous. I guess Sorry. we weren't. So three, three to one. I'm wishy-washy. What if the best player on the Cowboys? Well, hell, this you just answered this question before I asked it. What if the best player on the Cowboys board still left at ten is a wide receiver like Jamar Chase? Would you trade down? 
would you would you draft him even though he's a receiver because he's the best player on, has the best grade on your board or do you go with need because we we've been hearing you know the last few years you draft the best player on your board right whatever his grade is whoever he is if he falls to you whatever Which they did last year right yeah. but then there's the would you get another receiver even though Jamar Chase is supposed to be you know really good what would Kurt wouldn't take a receiver. What no. would you do? You trade back? Yeah, I think I would try to trade back because you, you would have some of those defensive guys available still. I mean, there, at some point there has to be a, a break-off. I mean, you just you can't draft a quarterback this year. You can't draft a receiver. I mean, you, yes, it's nice to say best player available, but there are some, you know, hit the brakes. We can't do that, you know. Is there? I, I think so. Quarterback, I, mean, I think quarterback, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Running back, I don't think there's any way in hell you draft a running back. No, and I think receiver no, falls into that no. group too. Okay, what do you think, Jesse? Would Jamar Chase, you taking him or are you trading back? No, if if I'm at ten, yeah, and no corner is there and no offensive lineman is there, I trade back. If if, if I, I mean, I don't I don't think Jamar Chase is a game changer enough for me on this team to stay there and take him at 10. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts, that's a horse of a different color. I, I think he's generational talent. Um, and if you know one of the top corners aren't there, Horn or Sertain isn't there at 10, then I, I try trading back and you know I, I pick up some picks and I may get a guy later on in the first round. Nate? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, what, what we two weeks away? What we talk about? What you talk about? A little bit more intense about offensive players. You talk, we're two weeks away, yeah. right from the draft. You Closer said, we get. You said this two months ago, <laughs> didn't you? Let me tell y'all something. Tell us, Nate. Tell us. I want to hear it. <laughs> Is guys good enough to be drafted at that tenth spot? And you don't have to draft. You probably don't have to fall back no more than that three or four spots to get a guy what you really want. And ain't nobody giving up a second or a third. So you may get a fourth or a fifth. For that pick, maybe. Uh, let's get the best guy defensively within. With if they if they ain't more than two or three spots, but they just get that guy. Because I would just hate to be sitting here five months from now. All of us with our head down. I'm the only guy that's 16 and old. Y'all got the team going eight and eight, and we falling apart. Because because you traded back three spots. There's no yeah. more eight and eight, baby. You traded There's no more eight. No, eight. that's a good thing. That's a good thing about that 17 game. So, but a 17 game going to make you worse. Yeah, could make you worse. Yeah. I'm gonna make you better on the winning side. So whatever that record may be, brother Jess and the rest of y'all, we have to draft a defensive player that can impact us. We have to sign guys that can impact us. And so uh, I, last year taught me a valuable lesson. Unless I see film on one of these guys, which I haven't seen a number of highlight film on all these guys we got in free agency, you know, until I see something on that field, I ain't making no moves. Draft some guys. Mm. Draft you, some guys. What do you think? Uh, Mel Kuyper's latest uh, mock draft, he had uh, the Dallas – the Dallas. They had, he had the Cowboys trading down – to 15 with the Patriots. Patriots would jump up, draft a quarterback. Cowboys would still get J.C. Horn at 15. In you doing so, they would, that far, leave that. they would pick up a 2022 first-rounder. This is Mel Kuyper's Oh, prediction. now that ain't a bad move. Yeah. That ain't, if, you, if you're assured of getting J.C. Horn or, you, or the kid from, from Bama, if you're assured of getting him, that's one thing. But 
from the guy I talked to who kind of know corners, he's saying even though we have some good corners in this this draft, this ain't a year where it's just dominant corners. He don't think none of these guys are dominant. Jess, I want to get your opinion on that. Is 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 any one of these guys that you've seen dominant? I probably need to check, check with some of our draft gurus around here. Are these guys game-changing guys, or are they just guys that fall into that 10th and 11th and 12th slot? I think after these two guys, Sertain and, and, and Horn, mm-hmm. the, it's a kind of a, a, a drop-off. Yeah. Um, you might see some safeties, you know, some, some kind of free safeties that you know, may still have some skills. But as far as the cornerback position, um, if we're talking about step-in, ready, to go right now, mm-hmm. these are the top two guys to do so. And, and if you're talking about just overall polished, Sertain is a little bit more polished than Horn is. Horn right. is still a little bit of a work in progress, uh, has a, a ton of upside. Sertain uh, is more, can step in, can get ready to go, can fit into the scheme um, right now. But I always just think about what is Dan Quinn going to do? Like, what does he want to He wants to run a cover three defense. And the only way you're able to successfully run a cover three defense is if you have the corner that will be able to be out there on that third and to be able to, to cover and come up and tackle. And so anything past that, you know, you're now taking a gamble. I mean, it's a gamble, anything, but your gamble becomes increasingly more higher the more that you have to go into the draft. And, you know, when you start looking at guys later on in the draft, I always think guys in like 20 something plus, those guys could have really been second rounders or third rounders that was pushed up into the first yes, round. Yes. Mm-hmm. So out, outside of JC, uh, uh, JC Horn and Sertain, I, I think the drop-off is significant for guys who come in and play right now. You And the Cowboys are looking for guys who come in and complete what they want to do on defense so they can go out and compete right now for a championship. You know how I know I'm old? Mm-hmm. When, when you grow up watching guys play in the league – <laughs> and their sons, and sure. their kids are, are getting drafted. <laughs> Joe Horn and Patrick Sertain. I didn't know that that was their kids until yeah. about two weeks ago. Yeah. That their dads were because I grew up yeah. watching Joe Horn with the Saints, right. and then Patrick Sertain was you know he was an elite he was right. an elite DB in yeah. the league for several years, and then I, I figured the Sertain went out, but then. I was researching, you know, J.C. Horn. I was like, damn, that's Joe Horn's kid, man. I'm like, I realized this a few years ago when we picked up Taco Charlton on the Cowboys bus from the airport, and his parents were my age. And I was like. A little shot of reality. I'm going to tell you something, man. I'm going to tell you something. Whoever the Cowboys get, they're going to have to be an impact defensively, man, because we, we, we got – once again, we went out and got a bunch of guys, which we don't know who these guys are. You know, but we know they've been rotation guys. You can't – if you're going to move back in the draft, and as Jesse just stated, and if we've heard from Broadus, we've heard from all our draft experts here on these shows that when you draft in the second and third round, and even though we may be hyped on these guys, these would be guys that pushed up from the third round, mm. are guys that were they failed in these positions because other guys were drafted at other positions of needs where it was a run on linemen or it was a run on, on uh, linebackers. And all of a sudden, okay, Bob, this is the next guy that falls there. And so it, it's going to be – this is going to be – this science here going to be – Yeah. What if, it's not if, exact. In, in the case of the Patriots or, or any team or whatever, what if part of the package of moving down included a starting cornerback? Like if you know the Patriots are rumored to be 
you know, shopping Stephen Gilmore, somebody like that. If he got money left on his contract, let's get him. If he, you know, but if he if he free, if he if it's gonna be a money issue, let's get him this one year and you know. Yeah. All right, fellas, let's take a break. When we come back, Amen Corner with Kurt Daniels on Hanging with the Boys. How great would it be to travel to watch the Cowboys win on another team's turf? Pretty great. But honestly, just watching the game from anywhere but your house would be fun. Even a hotel bar with some guy named Phil from St. Louis who thinks Oakland still has a team. So whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Hey, Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. Just like all of you, we at Seeky can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. SeatGeek. Back to hanging with the boys. Am I on? Am I working? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got you. All right, good. Thanks. Big shout out to Chris for getting us going. Shannon had to run off to a very important meeting because he's big time. Dad, or he's heading to the bathroom with exploding (laughs) diarrhea. I'm not real sure which one it is, but. We got shifted around and adjusted here. Um, I don't have the reads, but hey, buy our uh, 2021 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine draft guide. It'll give you all of the draft coverage you need with a Cowboys angle, what the Cowboys need, what they have, who they might pick out, uh, plus some feature stories. Looking back at the past, we got it all in there, so check it out. Go to dallascowboys.com slash star to get your 2021 Cowboys draft guide. All right, fellas, not sure which direction you guys want to go here. Um, actually, I'm going to throw out one question to you. This is kind of backing up to what something Jesse said earlier. This actually comes from Kay Clark upstairs. She's listening to us, and I actually don't know what I would do without Kay helping me out all the time. But, uh, Jesse, you had mentioned that uh, McCarthy hasn't maybe figured out this virtual thing. He's an old-school guy who uh, is not used to it and, you know, so on and so on. But, you know, if you look at last year's Super Bowl teams, you had Andy Reid in there, who's 63. You had 
Bruce Arians, who's 68, I mean, they don't get much more old school than those two, and those teams both had success. What What do you think? Just a matter of I know the answer to that one, Jesse. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think's going on there? <laughs> I know the answer to that one. Go ahead, on my friend, ride it. Well, <laughs> well, we'll start in Tampa, and you saw what Tom Brady was doing in Tampa, right? <laughs> Tom Brady said, "Well, I, I hear what y'all are saying about we got to do things virtually, but I'm at this high school field with my guys, and we're gonna get this work in." And mm-hmm. they got in trouble for it initially, but Tom Brady was getting that work in. While Bruce Arians may not have been able to get their hands on, he was able to send a message through Tom Brady. Tom Brady was able to get these guys lined up and, and, and ready to go. So they, they had that leadership there. And then when you look at uh, a team like Kansas City, that's a veteran team. So coming in, you know, those guys had uh, a bunch of, I think they had almost every starter return that they had offensively and defensively uh, last year in that team. So it wasn't much teaching them. They already knew the system. They already knew what they had to do. They already knew their placement. They already knew the play calling. They already knew everything that you needed to know about, you know, what was going on in that thing. And then you had you had two of the best quarterbacks in the league. You know, the Cowboys would have fared a little bit better in the year had they had their starting quarterback. That would have made up for some of the laps uh, they had in other places. But Bruce Arians, he had Tom Brady, he had a bunch of other veterans. Andy Reid, he had Patrick Mahomes and a roster of 22 guys on the starting defense and offensive side of the ball that was already in his system. So these guys knew what to do already. So not having them in the offseason and being able to put your hands on them was different for a guy like Mike McCarthy who didn't know this team, didn't know this roster, added a couple guys of his own was coming from another system, didn't know how where players fit and so on and so forth. So he was coming with the with the with the magnitude of different circumstances opposed to Tom Brady saying, here's the offense that we're gonna run. Hey, meet me out at this high school football field. Let's get all this stuff done. And I'm not saying that the other guys in the Cowboys didn't do so, but they were learning everything new. And you know, and Kansas City was Kansas City. That that team was built and ready to go. They just needed a start date. I agree. I, I, I knew the answer to that one, my friend. <laughs> I, you know, you, you, and, and, and I'm not saying other coaches in the league, I didn't look at other teams, but Coach McCarthy, believe it or not, he came right off the street. He yeah. came right off yeah. the street. And the main thing we were talking about at the end of the year was culture. Can we get a culture change? And the biggest way to get a culture change is guys seeing their success by what they're doing on the field. These guys are like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. On paper, they got it. They, they drawing the lines where they need to go on the field. Wide open, split-second decisions. A lot of guys weren't making them. Yeah. And they were blowing coverages. They were blowing assignments. And so they needed to have their hands on these guys. Well, I would think going in now into this second-year potential virtual off-season workouts that you would think the offense would be pretty set. You've got Kellen Moore back again. Most of the major players are back, that sort of thing. But on defense, you now have another new defensive coordinator, third third one in three years. I think you've signed ten free agents and, what, like seven or eight of them are defensive guys. Are they going to run into the same problems? Well, I, well, this year differently, they, they, they will have some time to kind of you know, get on the field, get around some guys. At least guys can be in a building. You can sit down and kind of talk to some guys, so on and so forth. And you have a little bit better handle of virtual learning. You mm-hmm. know, again, like Nate was saying, he came right off the street. Uh, all these guys, this is the first time they had to deal with technology in this way, shape, or form. So they got a little bit under their belt. 
But when you look at the way that the, the, the CBA has, you know, has written it out and, and the league has written it out for offseason program to go, you'll have some time where you get a chance. Remember, there was there was literally no OTA. There were no anything, no mini camps, nothing last year. You will at least get some of that this offseason so that you can look at guys and and get on the field and work with guys and see how guys fit in your system. So it helps a little bit that you got a year under your belt learning virtually players and coaches, and then that you'll able you'll be able to get back on the field and do something physically at some point in time in the spring. Because unlike last year, okay, they have a week on the field on May 17th. Mm-hmm. Then they have come back again. Uh, they have four weeks of OTAs and minicamps. That's from May 24th to June 18th. They didn't have none of that last year. Right, yeah. You know, none and uh, none of it, man. And so uh, even though the players, you know, like, like I'm telling you, guys – like me, I needed I needed those off season to work and to get in shape. Jesse just explained that he needed and he, and he saw the benefit. You know, a lot of these guys, man, uh, uh, you turn this thing back into a veteran thing because coaches gonna trust veterans more than they do young guys. You know, so it's back into the uh, into their court now for us veteran players. Nice. Well, another question I wanted to throw at you, and, and Jesse, this might be directed more to, towards you, but Nate, you would know as well. Um, listened to one of our local radio stations here the other day, and they had kind of an interesting theory that today's game, you're starting to see more impact from smaller wide receivers. They're becoming more valuable than these you know, gigantic six-foot-four guys. Maybe not more valuable than them, but they're in their own right are creating more value based on mainly because some of the rule changes and such, that speed and quickness be able to move in and out is maybe becoming a bigger bigger asset than just pure size. I went and looked at uh, Kyle Yeoman, who did our uh, draft rankings for our um, draft guide this year. He had 13, Of his 30 top-wide receivers, 13 were under 6 foot, which is 43%. That's a pretty good, pretty good uh, amount there. And then of that 30, also 6 were only 5 foot 9, and three of those were in his top ten, which I was pretty shocked by. I mean, that, that's a <laughs> that's a pretty small player. Do you do you think wide receivers is, is changing some in, in in how they're using them and in, in the size needed? Yeah, the league is always changing. Remember, we have to where it was always uh, twelve personnel, right, Nate? Right, it was yeah. always uh, you know twenty one personnel. Uh, or, you know, there's always two tight ends, a fullback. We, we don't have fullbacks anymore. <laughs> I remember when 90% of the time you were you were under center. Now you're predominantly a shotgun. Um, I remember when the wave of tall wide receivers were kind of coming into that Larry Fitzgerald 2005, yeah, yeah. six-ish, you know, era where the tall receivers were coming in. I remember when everybody had to go get a dominant running back. Now they're saying running backs are dinosaurs. Don't pick one in the first round. Don't pick one in the second round. You can get, you know, two later in the fifth round. Uh, so it's just the league doing what it does. It changes. It changes. And I remember when you didn't go for it on third downs and you punted and, and you know, all these different things. That, and the league is forever evolving and changing. And this is a, this is the new wave. The small slot receiver has emerged and is becoming uh, uh, a more valuable asset in the team's offense. 
uh, because now you want to have that guy control the middle of the football field because defensive guys, they're getting bigger, stronger, faster and more athletic. So you have to be able to match that. You have to be one step ahead. You know, now you got linemen running, you know, 300 pound defensive linemen, offensive linemen running 40s in five seconds. You got linebackers running 40s in 4-4, four, 4-3. Four, four, you got DBs. Everybody's running a 4-3 now. So I have to try to find advantages. And now the slot receiver is just a new wave of things that are happening for you know, the National Football League. And, and it'll, 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 there'll be another change coming soon. You know, we're adding 17 games. Who else know what, you know, there, another position may come about and, and, and things may be different in a next, you know, another five years. So that, that's just the way the game goes. You evolve or you die. And so now the NFL is evolving and slot receivers have become uh, a hot commodity in teams' offenses. And I guess we'll see that counteract it we talked about it some last week how big the slot corners are becoming in that does that mean you know you know jesse jesse said it well uh kurt the 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 thing the thing is this uh get the best player that fits your system and understands what you want it still comes down to that you know it still comes down is this five nine guy equal or you see potential that you see in this guy in Kansas City. That's who started it. Mm-hmm. Tyree Kill. Yeah, but see, this is what everybody forgets. This is what everybody forgets. Tyreek Hill can catch. Yeah. We used to see speed uh-huh. guys that couldn't hold on to that ball. And see, Tyreek, all he's worried about now is once he get off the line, he just run wherever he wants. I don't know if you're a great – Route runner, but sometimes I just I'm like, was that a route or did he just take off and go to a, a space? <laughs> so I'm asking you, Jesse, as long as the guy can catch you, get to his proper space, he all right, huh? Listen, speed kills. <laughs> speed kills, speed, man. You can catch it, and you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes who can throw the ball 70 yards on the drop of a dime. You're gonna have a place in this league, and it kind of even goes back to Wes Welker. You know, he was kind of really the ones who really kind of put a stamp on those small slot receivers, him and Tom Brady, right. uh, starting that wave a couple years ago. And then now you just see it again. That evolves. West was a s- slow white guy who can move great and quick, you know, quick spaces. And then now you just say that, you know, evolve, 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 evolve. And now you got guys like Tyreek Hill and you got guys um, like, uh, like Cole Beasley uh, who could play the slot, you know, uh, exclusively and, and just, just tear you up, Julian Edelman. He just retired. Right. Comes from that Wes Welker kind of, you know, underling. And there's a guy right at UNT, uh, UNT Denton who will be coming out, who will probably be another guy, five nine guys, Devontae mm-hmm. Smith. And guys like that, man, they're, they're going to just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And the skill set's going to get greater and greater and greater. It'll be tougher and tougher to defend them. And all of that do, now that will down, now do is birth the next level of guys who will be specific slot corners. You know, you always wanted your Deion's or your Darrell Revis's to shut down the outside, right? Deion used to say yeah. 75% of the world is covered by water. The other 25 is covered by me. <laughs> right. Cool. Right. Now you're going to need somebody who's going to be specifically able to stay in front of a guy like Tyreek Hill in the slot, to stay in front of a guy like uh, uh, Devontae Smith in the slot, C.D. Lamb in the slot. These guys are going to have to now become sp- position-specific slot shutdown corners because that's going to become a, a, a part of the game where teams, quarterbacks, offensive coordinators use much more. Yeah. When I, when I, when, I'm serious, man. When I, when I look at Kansas City, uh, as sharp as their quarterback is and as, and as great as their system is, 
I, I see thirty percent of the time in a game when he's broken, broken contain or broken the pocket. He just look around, man, and here go receivers just running everywhere. Straight ball. At whether, that point. Yeah, it just turned into, <laughs> hey, man, I'm open. And you wave, but he got the strength and the accuracy, though, and it hit you, bro. Yeah. And, and and when you got a dude that's, I don't know how tall this kid is, but I seen him one time get jammed, stopped on the line. But three seconds later, he was going 70 yards with a yeah. ball. I'm like, wow, he just got <laughs> yeah. jammed on the line. Yeah. So, hey, speed always and always will kill. Yeah, and wasn't that when Jimmy came in, that was his big thing about the defense. It was too slow, and he yes. wanted a faster defense. I remember when Jimmy told a bunch of media guys, he say, I am shocked. We did a, a overall team workout where he had us doing these specific drills, almost like uh, what they do at the Combine. And we're all out there running. And he told the guy as soon as he walked up the field, they had about 20 reports. He said, my college team, my college defense as a whole was faster than my pro defense. Mm -hmm. He said, that ain't happening. <laughs> he said, no, this ain't. No. Nah. I think we had an average of like four, eight, nine. And he's like, man, we, we four, seven. Yeah. His college guys with all the line, with all the, the, the cornerback. He, he like, no, nah, this is too slow. Yeah. And, uh, he changed us, man. He 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 changed us quick. Maybe this, you know, moving a Cano Neal from safety down to linebacker. Maybe that's the, I, I the future. Wanna, you see I just want to see how it's going to work, Kurt. Yeah. I, I really do. Uh, I, I ain't trusting no more in in in, in, in my instincts because they were wrong last year. They were totally wrong, and I had people believing that we had automatically stopped the run game and nobody had put on any pads. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just want to see, if we don't stop the run game, you can get all the corners you want. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just being honest. You can get all the corners and safeties you want. If you don't stop the run game, you can forget it, bro. Yeah, can't be all little yeah. and fast. you got to have yeah. some big boys up front there. All right, well, I think we've hit our time. We actually went over our time limit here. Um, thank you guys today for hanging out. Jesse, oh, you're looking good. You're looking, looking good. good. Yes. Nate, thank you very much. Thank you, Kurt. Chris, you're the wow. MVP of this show today. You got us on the air before and during the middle. Appreciate yes. that. <laughs> Shannon as well. Always uh, sorry you had to run off and leave us. But So you think he in the restroom this long? Gosh, man, wow. he was hurting. When he left here. I just hope he washed his hands. Oh, he better. We might need to take that Febreze into, the, yeah. into that bathroom in, there in a minute. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. All right, well, we'll be back at it next Thursday. Maybe we can talk Jesse into joining us in the studio. It's at, um, at 11.30. Be here by 11 o'clock, no, 11.15 next Thursday, Jesse. See what we can do. See if I can't work that in my schedule. <laughs> see, see that, see that, see that. <laughs> Jesse's a busy man. Yes, he is. <laughs> all right, thank you all for tuning in once again. We will be back next Thursday at 11.30 on Hanging with the Boys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!